Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo and I'm joined today by Hannah Woodward, Tom Terrace, and Tom DeAngelis. How are you guys doing? Hey, Rob. Great. Thanks, hey, Rob. Rob. All right. It's good to be here. And we're all from Stewardship and Mission of Faith. And it's, uh, it's just an honor to be able to, to be here uh, with, with everybody today. And uh, for those of you who are new to Reflections from the Heart, each week we gather and we look at the gospel for the coming Sunday. And, uh, and we, we read it, we share, and just see how God's speaking to our hearts through the gospel and, and how we can live the word each and every day. So this week, the gospel is uh, a continuation uh, from last week. It's John 15 nine to 17. So last, last week we were, we were one to eight, and now we're continuing with John 15, nine to 17. So why don't we just uh, start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of your love. Thank you for the gift of your patience, that uh, as a, a loving Father, you are so patient with us, and, and we thank you for that. Thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for the gift of the mass. <clears throat> Help us to uh, to each week try to enter deeper into the mystery of the Mass. And, and by, by doing this, we're, we're preparing ourselves. So thank you for the opportunity to, to prepare ourselves for Mass. And uh, we just ask you, Lord, to, to hold each and every person that's listening in the palm of your hands. Guide them to wherever they are. If they're in their cars, guide them safely to, to their destination. If they're in their homes, just guard and protect them. If they're at work, if they're uh, out and about, Lord, just, just, just protect each and every one of our, our listeners. And uh, we'll pray all this in a special way through the intercession of, of, the, of the Blessed Mother uh, as we honor her and love her in a special way, just as Jesus honors and loves her. And if we can pray together, Hail Mary, full, full of grace, grace, the Lord, the Lord is, is with thee. thee. Blessed, blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So this Sunday is a, a special day. It's a Mother's Day, right? So happy early Mother's Day to everyone that's a, a mom out there listening. And, uh, and we have a Heavenly Mother. And she's not only our mother, she's, she's our queen. So, Tom, if you can pray, uh, pray the, the Hail Holy Queen for us. Sure. As a special tribute to, to Mama in, in heaven. Absolutely, Rob. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious advocate, your eyes of mercy towards us. And after this, our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Amen. 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 Thank you. And Tom, if you would be so kind as to, to read the gospel for us. Certainly. A reading from the gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, As the Father loves me, so I also love you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. 
I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my commandment. Love one another as I love you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you slaves because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I've called you friends because I've told you everything I've heard from my father. It was not you who chose me, but I who chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you this. I command you love one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks, Tom. And and the the one thing that jumped out at me right 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 away was uh, how Jesus is raising the bar here. You know, love your neighbor as yourself. Sometimes we beat ourselves up. And we don't, we don't love ourselves very well. Uh, but now he's saying, love one another as I love you. Ooh, man, that's that's a little that's a little deeper there, right? So. He, how did he love us? He, he died for us. And, and last week when we were reflecting on John 15, 1 to 8, about pruning and, and all this, like, why, 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 why? And then the why is answered here, so that my joy may be in you and your joy might be complete. Complete joy. Complete joy, right? So it's, it's really cool that you know, we're having this continuation just you know, sequentially right from you know, ending at 8 last week and picking up on 9 and... Uh, it, it talks about the why. Jesus isn't just saying this. You know, he's, he wants us to have this joy. He wants us to have it. Yeah, the thing that jumped out at me, Rob, was uh, where Jesus says, um, you know, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And that seems so countercultural or, or so against, you know, what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to, you know, uh, look out for ourselves and, you know, all me, me, me and get ahead and get ahead. But, you know, what he's saying is that, you know, to sort of, you know, take a step back. I, I should take a step back to help, you know, my brother in the world, my my friend, my whoever, my mother, father, wife, you know, to lay down my life for them rather than trying, you know, always, you know, trying elevating myself all the time, trying to do right by me i need to you know die to myself for my friends that's true love and that's kind of what uh, jumped out at me and what an honor it is just for jesus to call us his friends i mean he calls us his children which is great in itself but to be jesus's friend and for him to converse with us and let us know everything that his father has told us is just such a such a privilege and to know god in that way i don't think you can get any get a better friend really Amen. Yeah, I think the the to pick up on that the sentence right before that is uh, I no longer call you slaves, um, which kind of um, you know when I read this I thought did he used to call them slaves is that why is that why he's kind of changing changing it up now or uh, maybe that was the definition of the disciple relationship but now he's gotten to the point where he says I've pretty much shared everything with you that the Father has shared with me. So now you know what I'm about. Now you know what's going on. The other thing about about slaves, I and mean, we talk about slavery to sin, and you know, being enslaved by sin and things like that. And really, this definition helps give that some, you know, some focus because 
when we're a slave, we really don't know what's going on. When we're a slave to sin, when we're a slave to passions, to our habits, we really don't have an awareness. We don't think about the long-term consequences of what we're doing. We don't realize, for example, you know, the classic example of getting hooked on drugs, you know, getting addicted to drugs is we take them because they feel good in them, but we don't think about the long-term consequences. And consequently, we become enslaved. You know, we're, we're kind of caught in it and we don't know how to get out of it. So we're not master of the situation anymore. But, um, but friends know what's going on. And I think that's a really... A really good distinction here for us to think about. And that, that just kind of highlights your point, Hannah, about, you know, here's Jesus is calling us friends. What an honor it is. Uh, and that the other thing, too, is if you, you know, if you if we study the Gospels, we'll, we'll pretty much know what we're supposed to know. I mean, he's shared that with, with his disciples, with his apostles, and that's, you know, written in the Word of God. And therefore, once we know that, we are his friends. But if we don't take advantage of that, then and we don't know, then we are kind of slaves. You know, we are kind of stuck with, just tell me what to do. I'll go do it. You know, it's not like I know what my master's about. I know what, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, I know, I know how to, you know, be what I'm supposed to be for him, you know, because I'm, I'm kind of enslaved in this type of thing. So really is a lot wrapped up in that, in those two sentences there, slave and friend. And when we're commanded at the end, I command you, Jesus says, love one another. And sometimes that love requires truth, right? Not sometimes, all the times, but it's hard to deliver truth to a friend sometimes, especially if it's, if it's going to be some tough truth. And I was visiting with a, a friend this past week and he said something to me. He, he, he had made some choices. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we heard about the voice, right? That I am the good shepherd. My, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me, right? So we know the Good Shepherd's voice. And, and unfortunately, this, uh, this friend was listening to other voices and it got himself in some trouble and ended up spending some time in jail. And he's home now, thank God. And uh, I was visiting with him and uh, he told a story of a friend of his that you know, leading up to his jail time, he was, he was broken and, and he looked at him and said, you know, you have a void in your life. And until you fill that void, you know, your life's going to be a, a wreck. And that void was God. He, he, didn't, he wasn't allowing God in, in, in terms of a serious relationship. He just wasn't allowing that to happen. And then for the two, two years prior to his sentencing, he reengaged. He developed this personal relationship. He was going to gospel reflection e- each week. And he was fortified. He started listening to the good shepherd's voice. And then he went away for those, you know, for those months, year and a half or so. And he was listening to God's voice. And the attitude that he went away with was, I'm going on, I'm going on a mission trip, I'm going on ministry. And then when he came back, I man, he's like glowing. And, uh, but the one thing he said about that conversation with his friend was, he said, you know what, Rob, good friends stab you in the front. And I never heard that. We all heard of backstabbers, and, but good friends stab you in the front. So his friend had the courage to love him enough to say, you have a void in your life and you need to fill that void. So... How often do we see our friends or see our family members doing something and, and, you know, we'll talk about, you know, what Aunt Joni's doing to Uncle Paulie, but we won't go to Aunt Joni, right? But, you know, true love requires to go face to face, right? And good friends, good family members, you know, stab each other. And then the sword we use is the sword of truth, the sword of truth with love, um, yeah, so I thought that was just a pretty cool story or expression of yeah. of love, and that kind of that kind of highlights, uh, I guess, the line that, that Tom brought up earlier is you know, 
no greater love than to lay down your life for one's friends, that you put yourself on the line to share that with somebody. Um, the, the other thing, too, is that, and I connected um, the, the line just before that where it says, I told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. And he goes right on, very next sentence, so I believe that there's some connection here, is that this, you know, this is my commandment, love one another as I love you. No greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And yet when we think about that, we think, well, that's got to be hard. That's got to be a real sacrifice. That's got to be a struggle. You know, I have to drag myself kicking and screaming to do something like that. Like, I really don't want to tell somebody something that they're that they're doing that they need to hear, like you got a void in your life. But um, but I, th- I think the measure of that, that we're approaching um, the life of Christ is that we not only do that, but we it, but then it becomes a joy because even though we know that it, it's going to hurt somebody or that it's going to be a sacrifice for us, that we we find joy in that. And I, I'm thinking about um, there used to be a homily that was standard in every um, wedding mass um, back before Vatican II. I think it actually was carried on after Vatican II for many years. And there's a line in there that I'll never forget. It says uh, that, you know, to the couple, it was it was several paragraphs, and it said to the couple, you know, you're embarking on this relationship. It's most sacred and most solemn. And, you know, it's it's right, you know, further down in the homily, it says it's right that you're building this on sacrifice. And, it's, and then it goes on to say that, you know, um, only love can make sacrifice easy and perfect love can make it a joy. And I'll, I never forget that because I, when I was, you know, I wasn't married at the time, but uh, I was served a lot of wedding masses. And I, I, that always stuck in my mind when I'd hear that, I'd, you know, that only love can make it easy, sacrifice, and perfect love can make it a joy. So when you have that joy, when your joy is, you know, Jesus's joy is in you and it becomes complete, then sacrifice becomes a joy. Doing something for somebody else that maybe you really don't want to do, but somehow or another it becomes a joy. Just because you're doing it for the other person, you're doing it for Jesus. Um, I don't say that I always do that or that I, that I've mastered that or carried it out in my life, but it constantly comes back to me as something that I ought to be thinking about and working on a little bit better. I don't know that sacrifice is a joy for me right now in my life. I can't say that. So um, I still have some work to do so, on that. And I think for me, at least, Tom, as you're sharing that, I'm thinking, of what what gets in the way? What gets in the way of of truly, you know, sacrificing and, and that joy being a sacrifice? And for me, it's expectation. When I when I'm when I'm serving someone and I don't have an expectation of them giving me anything in return, I experience that joy. But if there's someone in my life that I expect that they should be serving me also then there's, there's like that hesitation. Like, you know, it's like my kids, you know, I serve them and, and I do for them. I don't expect, you know, I expect them to obviously honor me and respect me and love me and, and whatever, but they, I just do it and then I get a joy out of it. But sometimes like there's some adult relationships where someone's very capable of serving me back and maybe should be serving me back based on certain relationships, right? Then once that expectation creeps in, and you do something and you don't get anything back, then the next time you have the opportunity to serve that person, it's like, oh, well, you know, is it a little bit of a pause? Maybe not, maybe not, yeah. right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or that seems to be the laying down of your life at that moment, you know, 
to not expect and instead yeah. to give, you know, at, right at that moment. Yeah, and I think about a story from one of Mother Teresa's uh, books that I read where she went into uh, somebody's home, just a shack, you know, no lights. It was dirty. It was dark. She, she goes about doing what she did. She cleaned it up and made it nice and, you know... Um, took care of the man and he was sullen, mean. He wasn't friendly at all to her and and uh but she just kept doing what she was doing and you know it, it was a, it, for her it was a joy. There was no expectation and she actually went out and sought people who couldn't pay her back or in some cases maybe wouldn't because they were upset because nobody took care of them or because they had gotten to the point where they felt like they were on their own and, you know, the heck with anybody else and nobody cares about me. I don't care about anybody else either. And she just went in there like she did, you know, just just mother. She went in and cleaned everything up and took care of them. Then she came back the next week, brought food, took care of them. So she brought some of her sisters back and took care of them. And this went on for years and years and years. And he never... You know, he never cracked. And then uh, at the end of the, the kind of the, the end of the story was mother was, I don't know, someplace in another country. And somebody um, ran into her and said that finally he had thanked her on his deathbed before he, he realized that what she had done for him and how important it was. And although he would never say that during his life, he wanted to make sure that she knew that he appreciated what what he did, what she did for him. So it's. It's not only that that expectation, but, you know, if we're going to really serve Christ, maybe we should be going out and looking for people that can't fulfill that expectation just because or don't want to. And we already know that. So we just kind of wade into those situations and say, well, Jesus, here I am, you know, like like Mother Teresa. That, that's why she's a saint. You know, I don't look for people like that. I don't think I probably should. But, you know, people to serve. But we all have, you know, we all have needs and we can all be served and serve others without expectations. It's just we have to get over that, you know. So that's a good, a very good observation. I'll, I'll, that'll carry with me for the next week, reflecting on that one. Convicting. You know, I don't think these sacrifices that Jesus is, is talking about, you know, laying your life down for... For your neighbor, I don't think they have to be these huge, inconvenient, you know, you have to go out of your way. It's every single day. You just do something nice. Um, I heard um, a quote from the news. This man had took $500 out of his savings and, you know, skipped a few meals and was late on some bills and built a small mobile house for this homeless woman. And he said, you know, she's 60 years old and she's sleeping out in the dirt and it's just not nice. And he said... You know, one person can't help everyone, but one person can help another person. So that just goes back to, you know, take time out of your day to do something nice for one person. And, and you never know what kind of difference it can make in their life. It's, it's interesting you say that in the story, you said do something. You, know, you use that phrase, do something. And in some of the last visits in the schools, we ended with uh, the, the, the rally song, Do Something. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when, when things go wrong, everybody, you know, wags their fist at God, you know, why don't you do something, God? And he said, and the song says, I did, I created you. And then it talks about all these different little things you can do. Like you said, Hannah, just the, the little thing. So I come home uh, a couple nights ago and my wife tells a story about it. She went to pick up the kids at school and my son, Robbie, who's 11, fifth grade, said, Mom, can you try? I need to go to Vera's. And Vera's is the local corner water ice place. I need to go to Vera's. I said, oh, Rob, come on. We have so much going on. Dad, Mom, I, I just need to do something. He kept saying that. I, I just need to do something. So he went and he got a you know, quart of, of water ice. And he said, all right, can you 
drive home, you know, the, the orchard roadway. And she drove home. She said, oh, stop. You know, it stops. And I said, stop there. I'm going to get out. So here, one of my best friends growing up, uh, we went to grade school together, high school, college. His dad just died. And, uh, and my kids, you know, he moved off and I ended up staying in the same town. So I've, you know, been friends with his parents and, and, uh, and my older two, they asked to serve the, the funeral mass. And Robbie got his own money, his five, own $5 bill, bought the water ice and wanted to just go and, and have water ice with, with Mrs. McKnight, whose husband just died, just to sit with her and, and just, just to hang out and talk. And he kept saying that, like, I, I, I need to do something, Mom. I just need to do something. So we had, you know, shared that song with them in school, you know, the, the few days before, and, and he took it to heart, and he wanted to do something. And uh, it's awesome, right? And, and that, the reminder that you're giving everybody, Hannah, is we can all do that with a hug, with a smile, with a kind word, with any just little, those little acts of intentional kindness that we're ultimately doing for our Lord, but we're doing it, for him through, you know, through the people in our lives. Yeah, could it just be a, a just a, a simple act of patience, like letting someone go in front of you in a line, or, pat, you know, uh, letting someone cut in front of you, merge, you know, like someone's road construction <laughs> highway, out yeah. there, and we all want to kill each other in the yeah. cars, but it could be, all right, I'm going to lay down my life so you can get ahead of me, no problem, you know, it could be like little things like that, you don't know. And Jesus did so much with little things, you know, the, the little guy with the two loaves and fishes, you know, and ended up feeding so many so he can take our little tiny sacrifices and make something great out of them. You know, the, the thing about the car, about being in the car is, though, that that can actually, when you're driving, especially in your car a lot, it, it can become a little microcosm for how you deal with situations because there's something about that little cocoon that you're in and and being isolated from everybody else but yet interacting with people that you know your your temper flares you you know your expectations rear themselves and then but you're there by yourself a lot of times you know unless you're with family or something but you you can kind of like say well, why did I get upset about that i mean you know why why does it bother me that somebody cut in front of me or that somebody that why does it feel like I'm losing something by letting somebody get in front of me? You know, I mean, you can really kind of sit there and confront what is this, you know, this animal instinct in me that, that has to be first, that wants to be in front of everybody, that wants to be, you know, so it can be a real eye opener. But just, just to the point real quick here, you said, you know, Rob, to your point, and Tom, you picked up on it, at the very end of this passage about love and sacrifice and giving up your life says, I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain. And so real tribute to you, Rob, that your son, you know, um, is bearing some fruit and that fruit will remain in her heart probably. So that's a real, then, that's, that's what love does. And then you you know, the it goes out and bears the, fruit. And you have the other side oh, of yeah, the coin, yeah. you know, talking about traffic. So one day I was with, with Mary, her seven-year-old, and we were at this one stop sign where it is impossible, nearly impossible <laughs> to make a left. And, and everybody, and usually there's only like one car in the line that needs to make a left, everybody else is making right, which is real easy. And I'm the guy and, making and the, the left. Yeah. And I'm at the front, and, and, and I just couldn't get left, couldn't get left. And the guy's behind me, you know, beeping, doing whatever. And I'm, like, boiling. I'm just, I feel it coming. I'm like, no, no, no. And then I finally can make a left, and he beeps again, and I lost it. I just, you know, yelled out the window. And I look in the rearview mirror, and my daughter Mary looks at me. Oh. Dad, did you just get angry? <laughs> like this? So... 
we you know we go home and and I think I might have shared this before on on reflections from the heart, but it was such, such a cute story. So we're we're at dinner and I ask everybody, hey, so you know, kids, you know, anybody want to share you know story or something that happened during your day? And Mary goes, I have a story. <laughs> I was in the car with Daddy, and he and she recounts this whole thing. Like you know, if I took her to a soup kitchen or something like that, she wouldn't. <laughs> she you know, wouldn't. Yeah. She wouldn't say anything. I have a story. She's like the first in line. He died. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, really, Dad? What happened? <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, yeah. I saw but, this uh, funny. It's one of those e cards on the internet. It was Catholic humor, and um, it was this man praying. He said, Lord grant me the patience to, you know, get through this day. And he said, not the situations that teach me patience, but the actual patience. Yeah. <laughs> so it just yeah, made me think of that. Huh? Yeah, we've, we've had some reflections with uh, teachers that we've talked about that. Like the worst thing you could do is pray for patience because God will answer it. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and how do you learn patience? Well, irritating events, things that, you know, bother you, things that trouble you, things that people behind you blowing their horn, you know. I love when something happens like that and somebody goes, breathe, just breathe, you know, take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. You know, if, if I got to wait another 30 seconds for these cars to sort out so I can turn, you know, that happens a lot, to, you know, to, to me where I sit there and I'm, I'm sitting there worried because somebody's behind me that I'm holding up. You know, I feel like, you know, like how I would feel if I were back there, but uh, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And sometimes we're all going to get where we have to go. And, time, and sometimes you can't assume that the person beeping behind you is, you know, all ill intent. So just last week I was driving the kids home from school and this guy's beeping, you know, beeping the car, beeping his horn behind me. And, and, and it, sounded, it was a more of a friendly beep. You know, you can tell the difference. He's like a friendly beep waving. And I, I stopped the car and I get out, not, you know, just to get out. And the kids are like, what the, what are you doing? And then the guy's like, he points to my, my hood or my, my roof of my car. And I had left takeout. something up there. Uh, <laughs> I, had, I had the takeout from you know the, I was bringing my wife yeah. home a salad. I had the takeout on know, the so roof. It was, it was soon to be tossed salad, right? <laughs> but it, it was still on there. So this guy was you know beeping in a, in a nice way. So uh, we can't always assume yeah. those beeps are that's are, are beeps of, of anger and, and frustration. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good you, you didn't, kindness you didn't get out yeah. and call him. <laughs> you didn't get out and call him a jerk. Yeah. You know, that's good. Well, why don't we just end, if we could, just with a, uh, a special prayer for all the moms, right? All of our, our moms out there, uh, the unsung heroes in, in a lot of households, and uh, you know, we'll just offer up this special prayer for you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of, of our moms. Thank you for the gift of, of motherhood, and, uh, and we just thank you for all the unsung, unrecognized uh, acts of kindness that, that all of our moms have done for us over the years, uh, every little piece of laundry, every dish, every meal, every, uh, every card, every gift, uh, everything that our moms did. Just please bless our moms in a special way. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization 
and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.